Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time. Hey, listen, folks, we are here to talk about Luke Cage, season one, episode seven. Another little flashback here for you, starting at 35 minutes and 10 seconds and going until 39 minutes and 17 seconds. And, uh, hey, you want to know what happens? Here's what happens. Uncle Pete walks in to find... I don't know why I wrote Uncle Pete this time. I, I could have just said Pete, but still. Right. Uncle Pete walks in to find Mabel, and she pours him a drink. What did you promise, Buggy? That you'd take care of me and our business? Uncle Pete is confused, as he always puts this first before anything else. He used to be with Mabel before she was with Buggy, but he let it go because you protect family. She asks if this is why he betrayed her to the Puerto Ricans. His facade slips away heavily at first. He gets a little heated and then quickly kind of reins it back in. But he does know that this whole thing should have been his. So he talked to Salvador and they are in on the ground floor. With them, they can own this city. But she counters that she has everything she needs. She doesn't want more. Pigs get fat, but hogs get slaughtered. Which is uh, really poetic, but I also would argue that pigs do in fact get slaughtered. But, you know, that's a <clears throat> different type of bacon, I guess. Um, that's not an expression. That's just, I just... Jabacon me crazy. <laughs> uh, this whole thing about him was about him only. He recognizes that she always has a plan, so he just skips through all the middle ground and just says, you know, what is it? She gestures behind him, and that plan is Cornell with a gun trained on him. They walk outside, and Pete tells Cornell that he does not have to do this. With all the talent that he has, and kind of calling him out for who he is, like what kind of a man he is, he's not built for this. This is why he pays for all those lessons, to give him an alternative. He can be better than all of them. During part of this speech, we see a light on in the window above, and eventually it goes out. And not long after, Mariah walks out. She tells him that he deserves this for what he did to their family, for what he did to her. He nervously reminds her that she laughed with him, that it was, uh, that it was a game. Mabel turns to Cornell. She reminds him of his orders and gets him to stand straight, take a deep breath, and to do it. Pete tries to talk him down, but before he can really get through any kind of sentence, um, Cornell shoots twice and Pete collapses. Mabel takes the gun and reminds him, family first, always. And as they you know, leave him, he says quietly to himself, Yes, ma'am. That is what happens. Ugh. Before we get to the major thing yeah. to, to point yeah. out, there's a lot of stuff where you're watching this, and if you're like me, you're going, oh, not Pete. Come on. Pete seems like such a nice guy. I mean, like, yeah, maybe he was kind of manipulating Cornell a little bit, you know, with what we talked about earlier about being one of the last air enders. Um, and see, I got all the first time that one. Um I mean, I've always gotten it first. Anyway, no. So, like, he, you know, he's had his, like, alternative, you know, 
uh, ulterior motives. I mean, sorry, I said alternative motives. Um, but like, I still believe that he was doing something good for Cornell. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like a, why not both? Why can't it be both? You know? Right. And so you're kind of like, he's actually kind of a decent guy. It sucks that he's going behind her back, but also it's like weird. Cause like now we're seeing him in a slightly different light. Like he, you kind of think that he's this good guy, but now he's kind of making a power grab and you're kind of like, okay, right. that doesn't seem too smart. Cause you seem like, you know, and then, yeah. Ooh, they go, how can we make you not feel bad for Pete? Yeah. And the answer is you make him into a, uh, a monster. Yeah. Should we talk about, like, it's a weird move. I think it's the only thing to really talk about, really. You know what I mean? I mean, like, I always uh, seem to, reg- I, I'm always like, wait, does Mariah take the gun from Cornell and shoot him? And no, she she doesn't, but I always expect her to. I'm I always, always expected like, to. Yeah. Um, sort of based on her actions in the future, too. I feel yeah. like that's maybe why we view yeah. it as being something that we would expect to see. Right, right. But she doesn't uh, hear. But so they roll out this thing that he has abused Mariah. Despicable. Horrible. Again, actually, a little bit sort of like the sister boy thing from last time. It's sort of like we're just going to sort of dip a pinky toe in and then and then that sort of like almost like hand wavies away the plot of why is Pete someone that we want to kill? Yep. Feels also weird. by just sort of killing him, they don't have to address it ever again. Right. In a way. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think it's, it's exactly what the, the thing about making him into a monster is, is about, right? Because yeah. I do think that you probably empathize with him. At least yeah. in terms of like, he's, he feels like the lesser of two evils. And like, yeah. okay, there's going to be a, a sentence. Bear with me for a moment. Just bear with me. I would argue that in terms of who would have a greater impact of evil, like on others and the space and area and stuff like that, I would argue that she has a larger impact, you know? Sure. So to some extent, he is still kind of the lesser of two evils, but it is like a thing of when you hear that sort of thing, it yeah. does make you immediately lose all empathy for that kind of person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely intentionally written. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure how I feel about that. Because also no one else addresses it either. You know what I mean? Like, right. like Mabel doesn't go, you what or nothing. There was no, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. She says it, he responds, and they all just glance over it. Right. Which I feel like also is bad because it almost makes it then feel like, I mean, Cornell is obviously quiet for many reasons. He is, he's, he's kind of battling, doing his own thing. I don't think he's even really listening right. to what's happening. I think he is having his own internal battle right now. Mabel not addressing it almost feels like she, she knew, knew. Yeah. and just didn't do anything about it. Right. Which feels correct. Yeah. Which is also, uh, feels bad. <laughs> yep. Cause is that putting family first? 
the problem is like it's I just ugh, I, I can't even I don't even know how to yeah it's just every step of their family is just bad it's like you know it's that thing of Cornell could potentially be a good apple you know but like the the it's that same issue that we've been talking about with you know with cops and stuff like that right which is that a bad apple ruins the bunch and the problem is that this is a singular potentially still for a little while still the only good apple right and it's just a bunch of bad apples and like he's sitting like right on top of this whole bushel right of just rotten rotten apples yeah yeah it, it's yeah it, i agree it feels a little bit like they wanted it to be edgy and so they had this yeah and i i feel like it's also worsened by the way that he tries to defend it i don't know like well if he didn't try to defend it then there would have been this question of is she crucibling him mm -hmm. interesting like is she saying you did this so that cornell has a reason to shoot him we'll, we'll shoot him interesting that's a, that's a fair that's a fair assessment. But because but I mean, like, he says it was a game, come on. No, but I mean, there's like, no I would, doubt that I guess what I should mean here, right, is to say like instead of him being like, "Whoa, she's lying." You know, like again, right. cuz the thing is that uh, that also makes it ambiguous to like did he or didn't he still kind of creates a struggle for Cornell, right? You know, and you could still have him make the choice to shoot him whether it's right or wrong. Right. Right. Because again, like I was saying, he probably isn't even listening to this stuff. Right. I think it's more for our sake, you know, but like, for sure. but also like, you know, again, you could also do like a thing of him being like, whoa, that's a lie. But then Mabel being like, no, it's not or whatever. You know, or, but again, right. I guess it also realizes that shows her guilt in it. But right. Um, it's just like, it's the way he like, is like, oh, it was a game. It's like, ugh, it's just such a vile gross way of you know i mean it I don't shortcuts know. a whole conflict down to one exchange like two you know one line one yeah. line done yeah yeah i don't know man like it just it's to me like there's there's things that we sometimes get to where we go okay i don't love this part of a scene or whatever we go if you had like and we we frequently have been like a lot of it, it's probably kind of more for cut for time or because you have to move a story along or whatever, you know, just get to the point, get to the point, right? Right. Well, we've, we've, we frequently ask each other the sort of question of like, what would you do if you had more time? How would you change this scene? This is one where I feel like I don't have an answer for because I feel like while it's a, I do think it's a good scene, like it's a powerful scene, there's stuff that's in it that I really hate. Yeah. Like this exchange, and like just I don't have an answer for like how would I make it better, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, right, because you see the functionality of it, and you understand that you can't have like it's it's a more complicated thing if Pete is a likable guy. Right. And then Mabel has him killed, and you're like. Wait, why isn't Cornell saying, hey, I don't want to kill this guy. He's putting me, you know, through music school and whatever. But I agree that it's like, surely there's something else we could do. Nothing. Yeah. Okay. I mean, did you ever see the, um, 
Patrick, no, Pat, Patrick Jane, right? That's the guy's name, right? Yeah. Version of um, Punisher. Oh, Not no, Patrick, Patrick Jane, Jane is, the, is the That's mentalist. the guy from The Mentalist. <laughs> what is the character's name? Um, the yeah, one with I, John Travolta in it as the villain. Patrick, he's the guy that's in uh, in uh, Dreamcatcher, which no one, I'm the only person that is going to think that. Let's see, you might get there before me. Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane. Not Jane Patrick. I did have I did have the Jane correct. Yeah, I searched Patrick Jane Catcher and that did not get us anywhere. Yeah, Thomas Jane. Yep. Thomas Jane. So Thomas Jane uh in that Is that was the Travolta Punisher? Yeah, that was the Travolta Punisher. I think I saw that. It's not bad. I'll be, I'm gonna be honest with you, I think it's pretty decent. Um I do think weirdly, Travolta is uh, not weirdly, actually. I, truthfully, I think Travolta is the worst part of that movie. Um, Interesting. I I don't think I'm gonna be honest. With you, I don't think he's that good of an actor. I think he's mediocre. I think he's one of those actors that like, if the script works, yeah. he's good. Because like, the script doesn't work, he can't. For add. example, Pulp Fiction, he's fine, right? Like, I don't think he's bad. I also don't think he's like incredible. I wouldn't say he's the performance that I, you know. Uh, am gravitating towards in that movie, right. but he's good in the movie, you know. Sure. But like again, kind of like you said, it's like it's like it's written to some of his strengths and stuff like that. Right. But like in this one, there's just some things where like they sometimes try to make him like super intimidating, and I don't think he pulls off the super intimidating super well. Right. Um, what he does do pretty good in this uh, movie, though, is the kind of like freak out, the fly off the handle type thing. He he's fine with that. And this is what I'm sort of getting at, right? It's like one of the things that they also really could have done that also could have proven Mabel to be the kind of person that she is to kind of have ways to set him up, right? Like, again, imagine a world in which uh, Salvador reached out to Mabel because right. he wanted to work with them. But what he does was is she says to Pete, I need you to go tell him no, Right. But then she doesn't let him, like, doesn't let Cornell know that she's, that she knows he's going to go do that. So then she purposefully gets mad at him, puts on this whole show, and then it's like, you know, where were you? And then it's like, and then he kind of rats him out the whole time she knows. But, like, she can kind of be like, well, what do they talk about? I don't know. They were in the back. And then she's like, you've done well. Like, like, he does that same thing, right? The Punisher, like, he sets up... uh, John Travolta's wife and his like right hand man. Like he sets both of them up in like this story that isn't at all what happened. Right. And he ends up, you know, spoiler, but he does kill them both because he falls for the the trap and the lie. Right. And like, that is a good, it's like a well-written thing in which it shows that these are two not necessarily good people, but like they didn't deserve to be done this way. Right. But like, because he's so terrible, he is willing to do these bad things. Yeah. You know, so like, if that's how you did it, and that's like, like a know, Vince Gilligan Breaking Bad version of this yeah, story. Yeah. If yeah. you made it so that Pete was always, you know, decent, but like Mabel and maybe even Mariah are just sort of setting up the dominoes. Yeah. So that Cornell can be the one that pushes them over. Yeah. Um, I feel like I would find that a little bit more enticing. Compelling. Yeah. Yeah. Compelling. Um, I, th- I think this is a situation. Which is one of the things that our show falls into, which is one of the reasons why I love our show, is that I think that 
hilariously, this is supposed to be just sort of like, and then some bad stuff happened, and then it continued to happen, like flashback stuff. Sure. That they aren't thinking robustly about what this should look like. What what you know the logic and sort of the storyline of these flashbacks. It's like there was my uncle Pete and Mama Mabel, and they manipulated me into becoming violent. The end. Whereas you and I are like, some of this doesn't add up. I will say again, this is part of the issue, right? Is that like we talked about this fairly recently, or at least in terms of like by the time this episode comes out, it won't have been that recently. But today it is um, May eleventh, twenty twenty three, when yep. we're recording this episode, uh, and within a episode that recently came out to the day of this recording, we talked about scenes in which um, <laughs> you have a setup and like a time and stuff like that where you go, this doesn't make any sense, and you realize that it's because when you look at it granular. Yeah. And you separate it entirely from the rest of the story with, yeah. without the rest of the context. It looks weird. And it's because it's supposed to be, I mean, again, this is like a four minute scene. So when I say it's supposed to be quick, I recognize that you're going to go four minutes though. is not that quick, but it is quick in terms of the entire episode right. or not so much of the entire episode, but more like the entire season. Right? right. It's a fast paced story. And so I think a lot of the times they are trying to tell you so many things in a short period of time. Absolutely. That when you look at it through a, we are genuinely, we are frequently putting things under a microscope that were never meant to be looked at through a microscope, you know? Totally. Um, And and I I don't think that makes them bad. No, to be clear. It's just that it's like a thing where once you actually have to look at it as far as like a full moment, as opposed to a passing moment. Yes. You go, oh, it doesn't quite hold right. water or a candle or whatever right. you want to use. And, you know, and like, like a picture where it's like most of the picture is, is gorgeous and beautiful. And then I have a little scribble here because, you know, just like it shades in something. Mm-hmm. And us being like, what's that scribble? Yeah. this you're, this you're We're looking at this like a masterpiece. What's that scribble over there? <laughs> It's it's someone got a hair on on the underside yeah. of the uh, glass when they were you know cleaning everything right and we we are looking at it going what's wrong with this picture like oh yeah sorry we I guess we didn't put it in the frame properly and they and we're like whoa dude that sucks oh sorry we're not saying that the scene sucks but you got know what I'm saying what's wrong with this picture would be a hilarious thing to say uh, if you like a catchphrase for someone in a TV show about an art forger catcher. Like someone that hunts art forgers. Oh, that's good. I also What's think it would be picture? a really good um, catchphrase for like a movie critic. Oh, because you know I you like call that. movies like you know this picture film this this, yeah. this, this picture. So like, hmm, what's wrong with this picture? Well, I'll tell you, you know, listener. Yeah, or a very specific baseball podcast. What's wrong with this picture? Mm, yeah, yeah, I see. And you say uh, going back real quick to the to the picture part of it though, you uh, and like the review, and you go, dear reader. Um. That's another little Swifty thing for you. Oh, yeah, yeah, she yeah. She recently yeah. posted something about that. I don't know. I, I didn't get it. I didn't That's understand a, it. I believe I was... Dear Reader is the name of a song on the I 3 a.m. extended midnights uh, thing. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I just saw it's people It's also a reference to one of your favorite uh, works of literature. Uh, I believe that is a reference to Jane, Jane Eyre. Uh, do they, does she say Dear Reader? I, think, I think Dear Reader, I married him, right? Oh, very possible. Listen, I've pushed so much of that book out of my goddamn memory if I could. 
uh, or as much as I could. Yep. It is from Jane Eyre. Great. Or, re, sorry, reader. I married him. Ah, I see. So. Weird. What a dumb book. Anyway, um, so uh, going back to this scene, that's just such a, such a heavy admission, like late minute in the game, you know? The, yeah, the with with Mariah and everything. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like the okay. Also to be clear, like not necessarily to be a spoiler, but it's also not like you know part of the thing that we were talking about where it's like you know you have this thing where the flashbacks are kind of in stories like this. There's like parallels or like giving you reasons why certain things have led to this moment. Yeah, it's not like at any point we cut back and the two of them. Cornell and Mariah talk about whether or not Pete did this thing or, you know, you know, uh, Pete did this thing and like, you know, everyone either was oblivious to it or ignored it. And you know, like, you don't have this like confrontation about what any of it meant or like what it did to Maria, like, you know, like mentally kind of thing. There's no, do we not? I thought there was, I don't, I thought there I was don't a... believe she ever mentions it again because I think that she mentions it right before Forget I said that. I had a very bad memory, I guess. I really thought they'd never mention it again. And uh, that was not the case. I don't think I have anything really more to say. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, it's... Oh, I did have something more to say. I forgot. Sure. Uh, it feels a little bit... I'm not going to be making light of any sort of uh, assault or, or abuse I am just, this is strictly plot. Sure. It does feel like in this plot about the fall of Cornell mm -hmm. that Mariah ran in at the last moment and be like, and this also, this key piece of my biography too. Anyways, okay, flashback done. Like she mm -hmm. like she just tossed in, like they, they had a separate flashback for her, but they had to cut it for time. So they jammed this piece of information into Cornell's flashback. <laughs> you know? Okay. <laughs> This is a spoiler. Spoiler, Colin. You have to make sure you cut this. Do you think it's because technically what's about to happen is this whole time you're focusing on Cottonmouth, really mostly as the series goes, and actually you should be focusing on her, and this is where that focus switches? Possibly. Very possibly. Yep. Like she she kind of she finally starts speaking up instead of sitting at the table studying. Yep. And she speaks up and says something, and that's that's sort of for him, that's a defining moment, but for her, it's also a defining moment, and you don't really think about it until later. That's an excellent take. I'm not even sure that that needs to be cut. Oh, you sure? Okay. I think that's a. I think that's a great take, regardless of of knowing what happens in the future. Okay. I think that's an excellent analysis yeah. of the scene. That's a, that's a fantastic analysis. That's actually a really great rebuttal to to my point. And so, excellent job. I absolutely agree with you. It is yeah. her being like, also, I'm in this story. Yeah, because the focus really, I mean, both, I mean, there has been a focus on her to some extent from Mabel, but like in probably, I think like a way that technically Mariah has not wanted necessarily. Right. Because again, we talked about it before, but like the way that they were like, you know, well, you're going to grow up to be a lawyer and everything like that. And the way she just is silent because she does not want that. Right. And she's kind of like, mm, uh, you know, right. Uh, I think that like, there's so many different things that happen there, but like, She's also quiet and not in the business and world. And she wants to be, I guess, or she, 
I don't know if she wants to be. Uh, it's just well, if she sees Mama Mabel as having power, and she has true. felt powerless in her in her experiences. Whether or not she wanted to be in the business, she kind of, I guess, like again, nature versus nurture. She sees what power is in her area, in her yep. space, and she goes for that. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, they always put the 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 faith and the story and everything of like that on the back of Cottonmouth, and she yep. was just as strong. Yep, absolutely. I think that this is definitely a situation in which, if she could have had the gun in that moment, she would have done it. She would have done it quicker than Cornell, but she wasn't the one that had the gun. This was this you know this wasn't her. You know. Yeah, it, you almost it the addition. It's like it's funny because like. I'm going to listen back to this and be like, didn't you completely 180 degrees on this tape? Oh yes, there it is. Like, (laughs) uh, hers is a reason to kill Pete. Yes. The other stuff is petty, you know, gangster land, like turf stuff. Game of Thrones type. Yeah. Bullshit. But like, this is now actual family first always. Right. Yeah. Huh. Anyways. Cool. I mean, you know, it. I I don't think either of us would say it's a badly acted scene. It's a fantastic oh, no, no, put no. together. Yeah, to be scene. clear, yeah, that's yeah. that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. for sure. I mean, I think that's one of the things that I really appreciate about like Luke Cage in particular, right? As a show, which is that, again, sometimes the way that the Netflix shows were made and done, there was almost too long of a time period that they had to kind of cover. Right. But like. What I do think is that while the writing and like the the pacing sometimes was a little off for these series, the acting in Luke Cage, um, and also to be very clear, I still think the writing is very good. It's just that yeah. there were times where I feel like we were like, oh, now we got to stretch this for X amount of time. Right. Um, because of like contracts or whatever. But like. Akila Cooper, you are welcome on the show. If yeah. You I like. mean, oh my God. They, yeah. they were all like. The acting of this show, I don't think there's a single time in Luke Cage in particular where I've been like, this actor, get him out. You know, yeah. I have I think every single character we run into, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. They, yep. they understood the assignment and they did it like, yeah, and like they they took it to like the level that I think we probably expected, maybe beyond what what's funny to me about Luke Cage is that I feel like you how you pitch Luke Cage, Luke Cage to Netflix is you say it's the wire, but with a one superhero. Yeah. And I mean, then tracks, it makes so they much sense. did it. Yeah. Like that would be like, okay, I see that that's what you're going to go for or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then they, they kind of pulled it off. Like they really do. Yeah. So, well, Hey, uh, shall I descend? No. Hey, Colin, I'm going to uh, close out the episode. How does that, how does that feel to you? In that non-cutesy sort of uh, <laughs> awkward oh. moonwalk out of the. <laughs> oh shoot! I really thought you were gonna take a you know take a real uh, stab at it, but that's fine. You can you can uh, you know back off. Uh huh. Yeah, you know, like Cornell almost did. But... You know what they say: uh, pigs do what's one more, but hogs go to. The, the end of the episode. Of the episode. I am <laughs> Nick. My That's name is so James good. Anderson. You and I both went there to the same spot. I'm Colin Parker. Did I say my name? Yeah. You did okay. just say I'm James. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to do it just in case? Maybe. I'm James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker. 
Excelsior.